Hello and welcome to another episode of the Back Check the Hockey History Podcast. Uh, my name is Riley. I'm with Bill. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing all right, thanks. And today we have a, uh, a sort of a back to our traditional style episode again, for, perhaps for the last time where we're, we're going to see. Um, and, and this one is uh, a... a uh, perhaps overrated playoff performer episode is maybe the theme. Um, and people have won, people have won lots of cups. And so maybe somebody thinks they should be in the hall of fame, I guess is a better way of putting it. Um, and so our, uh, our recently, uh, or sorry, our recently retired eligible player is uh, Matt Cullen. And you might say like Matt Cullen, but there's a tiny case. Uh, and then our, our, uh, relatively recently inducted player is Dick Duff who was inducted in like 2004 or something to great controversy. And then lastly, we have uh, the player who has the most cups to not be in the Hall of Fame, Claude Provost. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce Provost in French. Um, Provost. Okay. Uh, Who has nine Stanley Cups and is not in the Hall of Fame. And so we are going to look at why that might be. Um, because that is a lot of Stanley Cups to not be in the Hall of Fame. Um, in fact, it's the most. It's the most. So, to start off, we have uh, Matt Cullen, a very unlikely person we're talking about today, Matt Cullen. Um, he basically has two claims to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, the first one is that when he retired, currently he is 20th all-time in games played, um, which is, you know, certainly it was more than I realized. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I, I just remember him at the end of his career when he was like 39, 40. Like, he'd just been in the league forever, and he didn't really drop off. He was kind of always the same player of, like, I'm kind of the ultimate third-line player. Like, I'll give you the exact same thing every year. Like, I'm going to, you know, get yeah. you, like, 35, 40 points, and I'm going to be really defensively responsible and just be, like, a key cog in your team kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, if you look at his points per game, he's, uh, you know, he, he varied um, throughout his uh 21 years in the league he varied between 0.28 and 0.83 but those are extremes and if you limit it to like you know his his uh you eliminate his 30s he's 0.3 between 0.33 and 0.64 every season um and uh and yeah so he like you said he was he was dependable for a certain amount of offense by no means a lot um and uh i think i it didn't put his possession numbers and then, Oh, I did. I did. Okay. Um, and so the other, the only other thing, the only other case is that he of course won three Stanley cups at a time when it was very hard to win three Stanley cups. There are very few people, um, playing in the NHL currently who have three Stanley cups. Um, in fact, I don't even know, aside from Crosby and Malkin, uh, I'm not sure there's too many others. Uh, Oh, I guess a Blackhawks members of the Blackhawks, but basically them. Those are like Taves, Kane, Keith, Crosby, Malkin. There's probably not a whole other, a whole lot of other players currently active in the NHL right now with three Stanley Cups. And those Cups were uh, 2006 with the, the Hurricanes and then the last two Penguins Cups in 16 and 17. And um, his role on them was not that prominent. He was a third-line player on the Penguins teams. He was a second-line player on the Hurricanes team. Which makes sense because he was, you know, younger. Um, he was in his late twenties at the time. Um, and there's not 
much else to talk about uh, because, frankly, he's got 730 points in, you know, 1,500 games. You know, his uh, his 82-game average is 40 points. Um, so this is not a guy who uh, who has... A, <laughs> Who has, I'm, laughing, I'm laughing because that's exactly what I just said. He's going to yeah. give you 40 points every year. Like, yeah, wow, yeah, exactly. Spot on. Yeah. You're, you're dead on. I'm, I'm, um, I'm still downloading the document, so I actually hadn't looked. That was a complete guess. Oh, that's funny. Uh, so basically, uh, the question is, and I think we both know the answer, but we're going to ask it anyway, is should somebody who who has the longevity that Cullen has, which is like, Listen, 20th all-time in games played is not nothing. There have been hundreds, thousands of NHL players over the years. That is a lot. Is is, is sorry? I said that's an, it's an absolute ton to be yeah. 20th of you know all time is yeah. really remarkable. Yeah. So is is that plus three cup wins enough to even get in a conversation, or is this r- really silly and we shouldn't even be talking about him? Um, I know what my take on. <laughs> <laughs> that is, but uh, how do you feel? I feel like we wouldn't even, um, even, even, you know, it, the end of his career, he hops on with the Penguins and then he becomes Mr. I win cups, um, or at least became a key part of two cups. Um, yeah. I think with And people though, traded for him oh, for yeah. that reason or sign, sorry, signed him as a free agent for that very reason. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I think otherwise you're sort of looking at him as like, a, oh yeah, Matt Cullen, like okay, solid player, like nothing to write home about. I don't think you, you even sort of, I mean, without the cups, you're not even like, a, oh, like let's take a let's, you know, um, I have a feeling we'll be doing the same thing with Justin Williams, except that Justin Williams, I believe, has a con Smythe. Um, he does. He also has way better regular season numbers. Yeah, yeah. So, but like, but even with him, you're like, if it's not for the cups, we're not talking about him, kind of thing. I think yeah. it's the same yeah. with Cullen. But I, I, I don't think he has the offensive stats to get a serious consideration. But I think, you know, the three cups and the fact that his longevity allowed him to get those cups towards the end of his career, you're sort of taking a more serious look at him. Uh, even though the officer, like, you look at the offensive stats, be like, no way. But then you're like, well, you know, if we if Carbo's in and you're starting to look at some defensive specialists maybe getting acknowledged, then maybe we do take a bit of a look at him. And so... I think it's worth having a conversation, but I, I don't think the numbers are going to going to impress us and want him to get in, right? So Well, to to give you uh, some idea, to give the audience some idea of of his his resume, um, we do we I break it down and you can see this on our on the blog for uh, for our uh, podcast. I break it down to three sections: uh, career. Uh, individual accomplishments and team accomplishments and his individual accomplishment thing is two lines long which is it's normally like i don't know 20 or 30 (laughs) cullen's is two so that right there tells me everything i need to know but the other thing i wanted to say is that when i was a little bit younger i sort of had this idea that like regardless like I, i i valued longevity more even though i understand you know, I understand that uh, healthcare is improved and that fitness is improved, and I get that. And so you are biased if you value longevity. You're biased towards today's conditions over the past. But there was a part of me that thought guys who made it into a top something 
in in terms of games played deserved consideration just because like that is something you know there there's that what's it called uh availability is the best ability right like i don't actually believe that but people will say that and and so i was like well you know maybe we should at least look at guys who make it the top 25 in games played but like cullen or somebody like luke richardson who was also at one point in the top 25 games played i don't think he is anymore are pretty good examples as to why that's a bad idea because like he just he wasn't he wasn't he didn't have a important i mean he had a somewhat important role on uh the the hurricanes in 06 but you know he was he was not i mean what were his minutes on the pittsburgh uh he was playing you know he was playing 14 minutes a game on those uh, pittsburgh teams yeah like it's just it's not enough you know and and uh and aside from not scoring that much like i i i think that um like it's one of those things where I think if you make it, if you really do make it into the top twenty or or top fifteen or whatever you want to say in games played, you have to have something else in your career. And and cup wins for me anyway is not doing it because like some of that is just a function of luck, right? Like he yeah. he signed with the Penguins, yeah. um, in in twenty fifteen, which was a very good decision, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, and he signed and he signed as a free agent with Carolina too. And like, that's great. But like, you know, this is like, that is that that's luck given that he didn't, he wasn't like playing 20 something minutes a game on those teams. Even if, you know, even if he, if he'd been playing, if he'd scored as little as he did, but he'd been playing way higher minutes, then you're sort of like, well, maybe he was like, you know, maybe there's more of a case. I, anyway, I, I, I don't think there's any case. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I, I, I mean, I think there's no harm in talking about it, but I, I think it's like it's very obvious that like you need more than just 20th all time in games played to like you know be considered. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I mean, if he was, you know, he gives you solid production. He's a really solid third liner, and those guys are incredibly valuable to you know a team winning. Um, you know, if a guy if a guy like that goes down, and you know you don't have a guy to replace him, sometimes that's you know a huge drawback. I know it. You know, a, a lot of uh, a lot of the dominance that Vancouver had in back in 2011, when their team was all of a sudden just like creaming everybody for the second half of that season. The minute Manny Malhotra got hurt when he took that puck in the eye, they were never the same on that third line, and it was a huge blow to that team. Yeah. Um, you know, he ended up coming back for the final, but he wasn't able to see out of one eye, and it's like, you know, the guy was the best faceoff man in the league, and that line was just absolutely like. For a third line, they were just absolutely dominating the opposition. So, and the first two lines were pretty good too. So they were just rolling three dominant lines at you, and it just made it, you know, really hard to keep up with them. I remember yeah. watching games that year. We, you know, Vancouver would score a couple of goals in the first period, then they let the other team come back in the second because they get lazy, and then they play in the third, and the other team just couldn't keep up because they were like, "We have three lines that we can play almost 20 minutes a night, so we're just gonna roll yeah. at you. You're gonna eventually get tired. We're just gonna skate into the dirt kind of thing." So. When they lost him, then they had less puck possession, uh, you know, all those things. And I'm sure, you know, Cullen provides a lot of those values. You know, you probably get a lot of the Penguins uh, and maybe even the Carolina guys saying, like, yeah, we won those cups. But, like, if we didn't have Cullen, that third line would have probably been taken advantage of. I'm sure you'd hear some stuff like that. But, you know, if, if, he, if he had Selkies to go with it, if he had, you know, seasons where... Uh, yeah, you know, his Selkie nomination, I mean, he was like... Yeah. 
He was like 35th in Selkie voting a couple times. Like, that's it. Like, nobody. Yeah, so, so he got... that's sort of what I'm saying, right? Like, a guy like Carbo, he has all these Selkies, and you're like, yeah, he played the role his team needed him to play, and it, like, excelled at it. He was the best at it. And it's like, well, I don't think anybody would ever say that Cullen was the best third liner in the league. He was a solid yeah. third liner for his whole career. And, you know, having that longevity and never sort of becoming – you know, a fourth liner who couldn't keep up with the pace and that that's remarkable, but I don't think it's should get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So listeners may be wondering, well, why the hell did you talk about him? And the answer is because we had to find someone to go with Dick Duff. Dick <laughs> Duff is a he was a controversial choice for many reasons. One of the reasons was because he was inducted, I think I said 2004, but he was inducted in 2006, which is it's worth noting. Um, 50 something years after he retired uh and people i remember people being like what and certainly i had never heard of the guy at the time because it was i was 25 and like i was a big hockey fan at the time but i really hadn't spent as much time getting into the history in part just because i was still in uh i just finished school grad school and like you know, much of the like hockey history reading and trivia I've done has happened after I got out of school because, of course, I didn't have time in school. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, so and, I didn't yeah. I didn't know the name at the time. Yeah. And, and not to mention the wealth of information was not quite as uh, deep as it is now on the Internet, too. Right. There's one hundred percent. I don't even know if hockey reference existed in 2006. It might have. I, I, I don't know. Um, I certainly I don't think I started like really writing about hockey until. I mean, it might have been 2006, but it would it would have been around then, um, 2007, something like that. Anyway, um, so Dick Duff was controversial. I remember the controversy, and then I went, so at some point I looked up his numbers, probably on HockeyDB, because that was the one I knew of at the time before Hockey Reference. I don't know who's older, but HockeyDB was like you know the one I found out first. And I remember looking at his numbers and being like, wait a minute, what? He has 500 or almost 600 points. <laughs> That's it, and like. And in, in a thousand games. Um, and like, and I was just mystified. And of course the reason he is in the hall is, uh, that he won six Stanley cups. Also, he has a killer, he has a killer name too. Let's not let Yes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He has a great name. Um, so we are going to talk about him in a lot more depth than Matt Cullen, just because some people are going to argue he has a case outside of those six cups and we should look at it. And so, uh, yeah, he has, he has 572 points in 1,030 games, which does not sound good. But, of course, he was playing in the original six era, so it was a different time. Um, he uh, he was 19th all-time in, in goals when he retired. So that is certainly something, I guess. It, it, when you think original six, though, and you think, like, you know, it's impressive to be in the top 25 when you retire in, like, I don't know, 1992. But retiring in the top 25 in 1972, it's like, well, there were six teams in the league for forever. It's, it's less it's less impressive. Um, Era-wise... Some people would argue that, well, the competition was greater, so it is impressive. So I've, I've heard that argument. I, I think that argument is uh, is fallacious. Um, oh, my. Uh, I, I, well, so... That's it's it, nothing's nothing straightforward, right? It's like yes, there are there are way more teams, and that should in theory water down the competition. But there's also way more talent, you know, ah, not just yeah. for, from Europe, but also like 
the thing is, is like there's there's infrastructure that didn't exist when Dick Duff came into the league, right? Like there's uh, infrastructure to nurture talent. Um, you know, there's infrastructure to coach talent. I guess it's the same thing. But like there's there are leagues all over the place that did not exist when Dick Duff was like 18 years old or whatever. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, now we, we, we have, you know, Europeans, uh, Russians, you know, we have players from all over the world, which we didn't have before. Yeah. So, like, yes, the league has, but the pool of talent has also grown with it. So I think I think your your point is valid. However, I think we just talked talked ourselves out of a few free beers from an old timer who was going to convince us how great Dick Duff was. It's possible. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and the thing is, yeah, sure. Like in a six team league, you, you probably, your fourth line players were probably very talented and maybe better than today's fourth line players. I don't know. Um, but like, well, certainly they weren't coached better because we know how coaching has evolved over the years. But like, I just, I'm very skeptical of, the idea that like just because the league was smaller, it was automatically deeper. Like it could be, that could be true. But like, I feel like there's a burden of proof there that people need to meet that, you know, just saying, Oh, so league was smaller. Like, well, you know, like, um, less people knew about hockey, less people got into hockey, <laughs> you know, like maybe, I don't know what the sport of choice would have been for Canadians. It may have just been hockey in whenever he was born in the thirties. Um, Certainly, where he lived, he was probably hockey. Yeah. But uh, what about BC? You know, were people in the 30s in BC or, or, or the states, for that matter? They were not playing. Anyway. Um, so, era wise, uh, he looks good in some ways and bad in others. Uh, we looked at the 17 players to play in at least uh, 13 seasons. Uh, between uh, 54 and 72, which is when he played. I didn't mention that. And he's like top 10 in goals, but he's like, you know, top 12 in points and and uh, 14th in assists. And that's, you know, at a 17. He doesn't really, you know, he's, he's in the bottom half of the 17. Let's put it that way. Um, so again, you know, and, and the, it's, he played a long time. So that limits the group. Um, his 82 game average was 46 points. So not much better than Matt Collins, but of course it was a different time. And when we adjust for era, like I didn't say what Matt Collins adjusted for era, uh, 82 game average was, um, it was 44 points. Dick Duff's is 50. So Dick Duff is better. Yeah. Good for Dick Duff. Um, his, his three year peak, 50 points in 70 games. It's, you know, it's it's hardly it's hardly elite. Um, now playoff wise, he's got some much more impressive numbers. He was 16th all time in playoff goals when he retired. Also 16th in assists, 15th in points, and sixth in plus minus. Now plus minus was tracked individually. I don't know if we've talked about this. I think we have, but like plus minus wasn't tracked by the NHL until the expansion, but what people have discovered through online research is that the teams tracked plus minus since like 1959. Um, and so somebody finally managed to find that information. And so now there's another uh, like nine years of plus minus information. Um, but of course it only goes back to 1959 and Dick Duff started playing in 54. So, you know, take the sixth all time and plus playoff plus minus with a grain of salt, but still he was also 20th yeah, well, all time. And individual teams are counting it. So, 
you know, you really yeah. liked the guy and he bought you a beer once. Like, I'm not going to give him minus one. Well, it was off ice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, that is a very good point. Uh, well, it's, I mean, it's that... like in the NHL now, they count hits, right? And some teams are like notorious for pumping up the hits for the home team. Like, yeah. And, uh, the same in the NBA with assists. Assists yeah. go crazy for point guards when they're at home as opposed to on the road. Um, yeah, so anyway, he's also 20th all-time in games played. And importantly, uh, he was 23rd all-time in assists per game and 25th all-time in, in points per game in the playoffs when he retired. So, you know, these are more impressive, I think, than his regular season stuff. Um, if you adjust for error, like I said, he has uh, 50 points um, for 82 games. Uh, and... Um, Oops, I, I I realized I made a mistake uh, in our notes. Um, basically, also uh, uh, versus X, the the hockey's his, hockey history uh, board on hockey's future adjustment uh, likes him um, more. He he bumps it bumps him up to 400 goals, and uh, it basically makes him um, you know from a half a point per game player to a like three quarters of a point per game player. So. Uh, that's makes him look better. Um, now he has a whole lot of uh, trades, um, and uh, I don't know why some of these are. Oh, I see what happened here. Um, so that's something we like to talk about. So first off, we have so he, so he was signed by Toronto, and he spent the the first third of his career as a Maple Leaf, where he you know won some uh first two of his cups um and then um he was traded at 28 so most of his playoff success it's worth noting came when he was older um like he was not he was in his uh 30s for or late sorry late 20s and into his 30s for 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 it um he was traded with bob nevin uh and uh rod sailing Ceiling, sailing. I've never. I've always read that name. I've never heard it pronounced. Um, ceiling. Uh, Arnie Brown and Bill Collins. So that's that's. Let's do this. Duff, Nevin, Ceiling, Brown, Collins. That's five players for Andy Bathgate and Don McKenney. Um, and if you want to look at our blog, we listed it as the fifth worst Maple Leafs trade of all time. Um, now, with a massive, massive caveat, which is that the Leafs won the Cup the next year, and our our ranking was about like regular season numbers, and so it omitted that. But basically, what happened is like Bathgate got traded to them, they won the Cup, and then Bathgate was traded somewhere else. And like meanwhile, most of the guys who got to the to the Rangers, um, I think it was with the Rangers, uh, yeah, stayed there and had really long careers. So anyway. Um, it was a big, big deal. Uh, Andy Bathgate was 31 and was, of course, one of the biggest stars in the league. He'd been nominated for the heart. And that was like right at the tail end, like right immediately afterwards, Bathgate's career sort of, you know, declined. Um, and he actually didn't play a massive role on that Leafs Cup either. And then there's there's more. Uh, Duff was traded 10 months later um, from the Rangers to Montreal, fortunately for Dick Duff, as, as we will find out, um, f- with a guy named Dave McComb, who I've never heard of, for Bill Hickey and Jean-Guy Morrison. Um, and this trade made a massive difference in Dick Duff's c- 
life and career because, of course, Dick Duff is in the Hall of Fame because he got traded to the Canadians. I think it's safe to say. Um, had he had he stayed on the Rangers, who didn't win another cup until 1994, I'm not sure we'd be talking about him right now somehow. Yeah, maybe not, eh? And then lastly, um, he was when he was 36, he was traded for Dennis Hextall uh, in 1970. To, uh, he was traded by Montreal to the uh, uh, to the Kings, the new Kings, and then um, I don't know, uh, ten months ish later, he was traded to Buffalo for uh, with Eddie Shack for Mike Mah- Mike McMahon Jr. Um, and uh, yeah, those are both you know very very end of end of his career trades that are not really important at all when when like a lot of players like him who were in their thirties were trying to stick around in the expanded league and thought they could, because, you know, like, like you said, Bill, the talent pool had diminished, but he was too old and he was, you know, his, his points per game for the Kings are uh, 0.36 and for Buffalo is 0.39. So it was a significant decline from his, uh, his, you know, for example, uh, for Toronto, it's 0.92. So, so big, big difference. Yeah. So he's never really a dominant player. You'll be surprised and learn. Um, he was top ten in goals twice. He scored fifty points once, but he never like he was never a star, offensive star in the regular season, um, which is one of the reasons why it's silly he's in the Hall of Fame. Um, he had seven All Star game appearances though, which is way higher than a lot of players we talk about now to go in the Hall of Fame, just because you know it was a different time and there was an All Star game in six teams. Um. The versus X adjustment for his peak, uh, he doesn't qualify for assists or points. He didn't score enough, but for goals, his best seven seasons ranks him 179th all time. So we're talking barely in the top 200, and best 10 seasons 154th. So this is not, depending on where you want to draw your lines about who should be in the hall, he's he's way, way down. And so we get to the reason we are talking about him, which is his great teams. And... It's worth noting that he was never the best player on any of these cup teams. He was a top line player on two champions, the 62 Leafs, the 69 Habs. And then the rest of his career, he was more of a death player. He was a top six forward um, on three different Stanley Cup champions, uh, champions of the 63 Leafs, the 65 Leafs, and the 66 Habs. And then he was a role player on, or a third liner rather, on the 68 uh, Habs. So, and that's all by points, of course. Uh, we don't actually know. We don't have the minutes, but like yeah. points are as good as we can get. So basically, his six cups, he never led the playoffs in any offensive category. Um, he does have somewhat high playoff numbers for the era. He was not a regular season star, but he is in the Hall of Fame. Thoughts? Um, it's an interesting one. It's like, it might be one of those cases where people are like, oh, you saw him play and you saw the way he changed playoff series with a big goal or a big hit or like just things that you can't quantify. Maybe somebody could try to talk me into, you know, he was so important for those teams, but like, I, I don't, the statistics do not bear out the fact that he's in the hall of fame. Uh, but maybe they finally figured he was, you know, he won so many cups and it wasn't just, Hey, I'm piggybacking off the Habs being incredible. I also won in Toronto, you know, like I, I won multiple places. So 
you know, like maybe that's sort of the case or maybe just, you know, they were like, well, we haven't put in an old timer for a while. Who's not in who we think could be in, um, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. The hall of fame's weird there. They do weird things, right? Like, it, I don't think, I don't think there's any question that he would not be in our hall of fame, but you yeah. know, it's, and I don't think putting in an old timer all like sort of opens up a slippery slope the way that maybe putting Cullen in would, where it's like, if this guy wins multiple cups, he goes in no matter what. It's like, yeah, well, the guy, like, wasn't that important in those cup teams, you know? Like, we're going to start putting guys like Ben Eager in just because they were on a cup champ. Um, like, you have to be, you have to be, like, key player on a team. And I don't know that being a really good third liner, you know, is being a key enough player that it gets you into the Hall of Fame. Like, yes, not having a guy could cost you a pass. It is possible. So, like, but, you know... Not the way that, you know, not having your first line center in the lineup co- obviously would cost you the cup much more in a severe way. It's just maybe you can't find somebody else, you know, can quite do what you need them to do. And then therefore that line's not uh, as dominant as it needed to be for you to win the cup. But it doesn't make, mean that, you know, if you put him on any team in the league, automatically they go and win a cup. Like he's not, you know, he's he's a difference maker based on the structure of your team, but maybe on another team, he's not that important of a piece, you know, and it, unless he does something extraordinary, like when a con Smythe or, you know, when, uh, you know, shut down the other team's top line to such a ridiculous extent that you're like, wow, the guy should win. If there was a, if there was a Selkie trophy for the playoffs, he'd be getting it kind of thing. If it's not something like that, where you're just like, that guy was so important. You know, like you look at like Carboneau and some people might argue against him, but you're like, yeah, when, when the Habs won that cup against LA, LA won game one and Gretzky was everywhere. And then Carboneau, you know, apparently went into the coach and said, give me Gretzky. I want him. I can take him. And like, basically not that Gretzky still didn't get any, any other points in the series, but he didn't dominate anymore and sort of neutralized him to the point where, you know, the Habs actually had a chance because if Gretzky's going off, like you're going to lose and, you know, you need a defensive guy to really sort of at least limit what he's able to do out there so you know i i don't see cullen and a guy like dick duff having those sort of roles where you can excuse the fact that they that you know their points are pretty middling at best you know it's like well i don't know are we putting in third line centers everywhere because if we are i mean the hall of fame is going to get pretty big and we're going to have a lot of ceremonies and a lot of those guys like it makes it less special to me you know even with you know, admittedly, some of the guys that are in that we, you know, have already disagreed with very strongly. I think, you know, even with those guys in, at least like Mike Gardner was like, he put up, you know, when you look at the stats, you're like, okay, at least you can talk about him, you know, like there's an argument to be made. I don't think there's an argument to be made for either one of these guys. I mean, I agree. And I think like, I'm just, I'm just looking while you were talking, I was looking at like his best seasons, you know, his best regular seasons, which are not, you know, Point seven something. I misspoke earlier when I said his Leafs points per game was point nine two. It's point six. Uh, but like his best seasons, you know, he led the Leafs in points a couple times in the late fifties. But like he was putting up point seven something points per game, and he was on teams with like, you know, uh, Frank Mahovlich, Bob Pulford. Um, I mean, Bob Pulford of whether or not he belongs is another story. But like George Armstrong as well. Um, but like. You know, he he was not like leading the league in anything. He was leading his team, um, but that was only that was when he was really young. And as he got older and he became like a valuable, uh, you know, part of the Habs, like he was playing with Beliveau and uh, I don't know what lines he was on, obviously, but like 
they had Beliveau, they had uh, Henri Richard, if not, um, I, I think by the time he got traded to Montreal, yeah, uh, Rocket was long gone. Um, but, like, I think what you were saying about him being, like, a complimentary piece is very correct. Like, this, when he was on the Rangers, he wasn't any good, you know? He was fine, yeah. but he wasn't less, like, he was less of... His, it's interesting, it, much like we've talked about with some guys with the Gretzky effect, when Duff goes from the, from the, like, you know, the good Maple Leafs to the bad Rangers, his points per game drops <laughs> noticeably. And then, um, aside from the actual year of the trade, um, where he was, like, when they moved him, he was having a bad year for uh, Toronto. Um, and then he goes to Montreal, and his points jump back up again. And yeah. like it's like context, right? Like he he he's surrounded by bad players, he's less good. He's surrounded by good players, he's good again. And like that's yeah. not, you know, we don't have anything about driving play from back then, but that's a, a good a proxy as we can come up with. And like, it's very clear that he wasn't driving it. You know, he was. Yeah. I mean, his best, his best playoff. Weirdly, his best playoff was his last playoff ever where he had 14 points in 14 games uh, when the Habs won in 69 and he was 32. And, um, you know, he he didn't have a... I don't think he had a great regular season before that, but he's playing with Beliveau and Cornier and, and Sir Savard and Jacques Lemaire and Henri Richard and J.C. Tremblay, who's a guy who we haven't yet had a chance to talk about, but who I'm really looking forward to talking about. You know, he's he's surrounded by Hall of Famers. And he had he has this one year one year he managed a point per game in the playoffs once, and that is he's surrounded by Hall of Famers. Yeah, I mean, if he had done that multiple times, then maybe you're starting to build a case, right? Which is, I think, when we get to Justin Williams, that's sort of what it's going to come down to is like, well, look at his playoff stats. You're like, okay, then uh, now we're really talking. Um, so you know, it's it's a shame he didn't do that more in his career because then we'd have like sort of like an interesting way of saying, like, okay, this guy deserves to be in. He really elevated in the playoffs and was like a key cog on a bunch of cup winners. You know, he really, you know, went up above and beyond his normal production, but like, it, you know, it only happened once. So yeah, you know, I don't think that's enough to put him in. Yeah. And sorry, I, I misspoke. He had two playoffs where he was point per game. Uh, the other one, he was also surrounded by Hall of Famers. Yes. Tim Horton, George Armstrong, Frank Movlich, Reg Kelly, Bob Colt. Pulford, Dave Keon. Um, yeah, so maybe he's got a bit of uh, like a Chris Kunitz kind of thing going on, you know, like yeah. you're solid, but you know, if you're playing with Getzlaff and Perry, uh, or maybe he was playing Solani the, the year they won the cup uh, when he was first with Anaheim, like you're a, you're a really solid player. You can play in a top six. You know how to play with, uh, you know, very good players. And then he goes to Pittsburgh and he's like, he made Team Canada just because you're like, you can play with Crosby. We need to have that guy just in case. We can't get Crosby going because he's a weird yeah. guy to play with or whatever. But yeah. like, you're not going to put Chris Kunis in the Hall of Fame, even though I believe he has at least three cups. You know, like, yeah, he's a, he's a rock solid player. There's nothing wrong with Chris Kunis or the career he had. You know, he, you know, some teams, maybe Anaheim might, you know, or, or even Pittsburgh might consider retiring his name to their, you know, their, their retired numbers. But I don't think a player like that who's never really been the driver or the this you know lucky these guys they get to play with this you know it's i feel bad sort of crapping all over chris kunitz i'm not saying he's a bad player i just don't think he should be in the hall of fame even though his career is you know would be envied by almost anyone um 
you know, except for the guys who get into the hall. He's sort of like the, you know, the the hall of very good, um, which maybe we'll have to make one day. <laughs> um, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even, like, I look at Dick Duff and I don't, I mean, I see, like, the guy was a, he, he was, sometimes he was a, the best forward on his regular season team. He was never the best player in the playoffs. He was a good player, but he was not like that. I can tell he was never a star. And, you know, when I, when you say best player, like on those Leafs teams, like a lot of the hall of famers on those teams were hurt during the regular season, which is why their numbers are lower. Um, and, and I don't know enough about the like early sixties Leafs teams. I think they, I don't know if they were more defensively inclined because they didn't score a lot. Um, but like, I don't know. I just, there's nothing, there's nothing here to me aside from the cup wins that says this guy belongs in the hall of fame. It's, it's kind of bizarre that they picked him of all players. It seems to add as an old timer, because like, as we'll see in a second, his resume isn't necessarily better than other, other guys who aren't in. And like, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't, I, I feel like, the people who inducted him must have had fond memories of watching him play or something because it doesn't make any yeah, sense. Or, or, you know, they were, they were, you know, they were friends with him and they, they knew, you know, like we should yeah. really on legacy, you know, he had a cottage next to mine up in the Muskoka somewhere. Like who knows, right? Like, I, yeah, I don't know how knows? they put some of these guys in, but I feel like, you know, until that process becomes more transparent, we'll never know. Somebody said, okay, well you've been petitioning for Dick Duff for years. If I vote for him, are you going to vote for, Chris Osgood when he comes up, like, okay, well, scratch your back. You scratch. Who knows what the hell's going on in that room? Because they don't even publicize who voted for who. Like, no, they don't. You know, who's secret? I mean, we, we both agree on that, I think. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. I don't absolutely. know how he gets in, but like, it's one of those things with the old timers. Right? If he had gotten in a long time ago, I'd be like, okay, there must have been something when people saw him play that just like, this guy has to be in. And like, now it just feels like, oh, well, he had a bunch of cups, so we should probably put him in. And it's like, well. Yeah. So speaking of a bunch of cups, Claude, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just gonna say provost. <laughs> I'm terrible. Provo, Provo uh, has nine, which is three more than six. The last time I checked, um, it's worth noting that he also he has a very, in some ways, he has some fairly similar numbers to Dick Duff. He had fewer goals in his career than Dick Duff by thirty ish, but he was still twenty fifth all time. Um, at his retirement, he was also 21st all time in points, which beats Dick Duff because um, he had slightly more points because he had he had way more assists. He had 100 more assists ish. No, sorry, 50 more assists than uh, Dick Duff. Um, he was also way he had a way higher plus minus. I, I mentioned Dick Duff's uh, plus minus for playoffs, but Dick Duff's regular season plus minus was minus 46. Uh, Claude Provost was 101. Plus, so uh, they played roughly similar numbers of games. Dick Duff played 70 more than Claude Provoted. Um, they have similar numbers of point shares, very similar numbers. They're three off from each other. And yet, oh, oh also, uh, Provost was uh, ninth all-time among forwards in defensive point shares when he retired. So not that we can treat old-time defensive point shares as meaning anything, but at least hockey references point share metric rates him as a better defensive player than Dick Duff. It's worth noting. Um, era wise, he's just as middle of the road. Um, like, you know, I, I said Dick Duff was ninth in goals for his era. So is Claude Prevost. I mean, his, the, 
it, the, the goalposts are shifted by a year or two. But like it's the same thing. He's they're really similar players. Uh, Dick Duff's forty six games for uh, forty six points for eighty two games. Club forty eight. Like they're really similar. And then you get to the playoffs. Dick Duff was 16th all-time in goals when he retired. Uh, Provost was 22nd, so not quite as good. Uh, he was uh, Duff was 16th in assists. Provost was 19th. You know, he, the one thing that Dick Duff has over Claude Provost is his playoff numbers are better overall. Claude Provost's playoff numbers are not yeah. good. You know, they're they're le- what you would expect from a, a middle six player. Um, the uh, you know the adjustment for error is very similar as well. Uh, it, uh, it his regular season numbers look a little bit better because they were better. Um, there were unlike Dick Duff, uh, there were no there were no trades until the very end of his career. He was actually traded after he retired. So I gotta think it, what happened was there was some kind of like you know wink wink addition to another deal because he was traded to the Kings for cash, but he hadn't played a game in um, two years or something. (laughs) So uh, who the hell knows what was going on there, but there's something fishy. Um, Now he did actually win a trophy. Uh, Dick Duff didn't win any trophies. It's worth noting. Um, Claude Provo won the Masterton. Doesn't mean anything, but, but here's the other thing is that uh, Claude Provo had uh, Two seasons in which Hockey Reference puts him as one of the top ten offensive players. Duff does not have that. He has more finishes in in um, in on goal leaderboards, goals per game leaderboards, assist leaderboards, assists per game leaderboards, point leaderboards. All of them. He has eleven All Star appearances, All Star game appearances to Dick Duff's seven. Um, he also made a first-team All-Star team at the end of the regular season once. Dick Duff never did that. Now he is when when we do the versus X uh, peak adjustment, he he fares worse than Dick Duff. Like Dick Duff uh, was what did I say? 179th and best best seven seasons were 179th. Well, Provost is 192. So again, I'm not arguing that Claude Provost belongs in the Hall of Fame necessarily. I'm just saying they're very similar players. Yeah. And one's in and one's not. So one's in and one's not. Um, he was the star of one play, one Habs playoff team, but that's they didn't go very far. Um, so when he was an actual, when they won the championships, he was he had a role, a small like he was a middle six or bottom, uh, or bottom six player. He was a top six forward on two championships. Um, he was a uh, top nine forward on another three, and he was a role player on. Another three, right? Because that would add up to nine. Anyway, um, he, nine. he was never a star on them. And his playoff numbers are definitely worse than Dick Duff's. But his regular season performances are mostly better. And so the question is, why the hell is Dick Duff in and this guy isn't? And I'm not, I don't <laughs> want either of them to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like, I don't think either of them should be. I think just because this guy lucked out to be on the Habs... He was yeah. signed by the Habs in when the Habs were the most dominant franchise in possibly all all professional sports, right? Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe Dick Duff gets in because he played for the Leafs, so you know, and uh, the Hall of Fame's in Toronto, and you know, maybe sort of 
So he, he got people who were Habs fans back then who would give him a nod because he also played for the Habs. But like then you get the Leafs fans in. But then Provo is just like only the Habs fans would ever vote for him. So anybody from Toronto is like, ah, whatever. Just another Hab who won a bunch of cups. Big deal. You know, yeah. like this. So maybe he's just not getting the votes in that room. I don't know what it is. Maybe he's not even up for consideration. Like, I don't You almost have to have somebody beating the drum for you or I don't think you get in. Um, yep. And since yep. we don't know what goes on in that room, I don't think he's ever getting in, you know, like somebody yeah. would have to sort of go to bat for him. Right. So. And I don't uh, I mean, I know I've said this twice already, but I really don't think he belongs. I mean, he's got 63 no. playoff yeah. points in 126 games. I agree. It's when, not when, great, when we but come like, up with our when we come up with our hall of very good, which we probably place in like Saskatoon. Um, he will <laughs> get into that hall, but until then, the Hockey Hall of Fame, which should be in Montreal, not Toronto, but uh, I'll, I'll let that one slide. <laughs> I used to say that too when I was a, a verified Hab hater, like I hated the Habs, and I'm like, they should probably just move the Hall of Fame into the old forum instead of, you know, going into a replica of the Habs dressing room. You could go into the real dressing room. You could skate. <laughs> on the like they, yeah. they could have done such a wonderful job with that thing. And instead it's a shitty movie theater. So yeah. um, that's what Montreal does. Um, so, but you know, the hall was already established in Toronto at that point, but it's like, you know, I figured it probably should be in the place. They won the most cups and you actually had the building at one point. So I would, I would have moved it. But, you know, that's just the sort of the hockey historian in me. Um, they could have done the same thing with Maple Leaf Gardens, too. But I believe they're still using that for minor hockey. Like, it's still an arena. So at least uh, it's not been turned into a god-awful movie theater. Um, <laughs> anyway, so a little, little sidebar there. But, uh, yeah, like, the Hall of Fame should be reserved for somebody. Like, you know, we, we've said it time and time again. And this is why we, you know, don't want a guy like Kevin Lowe in there. We don't necessarily want Gardner in there, although we would listen to a case for him. We want the elite of the elite, like, unquestionably, you know, top-line centers. At one point in his career, this guy was a top-five player in the league. You know, there's you, nobody would ever say he doesn't belong in the hall. And, you know, maybe the only bad thing you can say about him is he never won a cup. And it's like, yeah, but look at the rest of his career. You know, he came close. He just, you know, like a Joe Thornton kind of guy. Like, there's nobody that's going to say he's not a Hall of Famer. We don't have any cups. Be like, yeah, he was unlucky. He made it to a final. He's had, you know, he's been to a bunch of conference finals. He, his points are off the charts. The guy, you know, would you ever, at one point, would you have said he's a top five player in the league? Be like, absolutely. So then... He's he's in, you know, like he's got a case. If you were never a top five or, you know, if, if you have extreme longevity and you're really good defensively. And so you'd say, OK, well, then let's, you know, expand it to maybe top 10 or top 15 offensively. But then the defensive component carries you up. Then, you know, that's the kind of haul I think you and I would both sort of run. But the way that they're doing the haul now, it's like Dick, Dick Duff's in. That's, you know, I'm willing to let that one slide is just like an old timer nostalgia thing. But like we keep letting guys like him in like if, if let's just say Cohen got in let's just say you know Osgood gets in it's like well who who are we not letting in then if you have cups you automatically get in like you have to be the driving force or at least the a top two or three player on a cup team to be getting a ton of credit for that I think you know um, and it's not that people won't sing your praises and talk about we don't win that cup without that guy and you know he he logged the, the most difficult minutes and he blocked that shot with his face. And those guys are still going to be, you know, legends. It's just the Hall of Fame is reserved for the absolute superstars of the game, at least I think. Not somebody who won a bunch of championships as, you know, uh, a, a piece that somebody else could have replaced pretty reasonably well, you know. And 
you know, that's just the way I would run the hall. But, you know, these guys are going to keep getting in and then we're going to have to keep expanding it where it's like, yeah, if you win championships, even if your career was meh, you're going in. So, you know, I, I personally wouldn't put these guys in just because they have a big schwack load of cups. But that seems to be the way the, the, the league's trending. And uh, it, I think it's unfortunate. You know, I think it, uh, it devalues what they do in the regular season and it places too much emphasis on the luck of being on a team that, because let's be honest, you know, whoever wins the cup every year, I would say two or three out of every five years, it's the team that's the least hurt that ends up, you know, obviously you have to be like one of the top five or 10 teams in the league, but it's the team that kind of gets through the gauntlet without losing a key player. And then they end up winning. So, you know, I mean, you look at teams that have lost in recent memory where it's like, they were just devastated by injuries. Um, you know, that Red Wings team that lost to the Penguins and just barely, right? You know, uh, Lidstrom was playing with, you know, a, I don't know what happened to his groin. I heard he, you know, I heard multiple reports. He he pulled his groin and it was, you know, it was a torn groin and he could barely skate. I heard he got, uh, you know, took a slap shot right off the cup and one of his testicles exploded. I heard all kinds of, you know, nobody really knows how badly he was hurt. But if he's healthy, presumably they win. Or, you know, um, and they had, they, they had some other key players hurt as well. Um, you know, you get to, uh, you know, Vancouver, like, you know, lots and lots of injuries on that team. I think they played 12 different defensemen on that run to the cup. Um, uh, Boston, just this lot, Boston, when they lost to Chicago, you could argue if Bergeron is healthy, maybe they win that cup, or at least it goes to a game seven. Uh, you know, last year when they played St. Louis, they were definitely the more injured team. You know, Chara had, uh, you know, had his arm basically explode from a slap shot, played anyways, and then got his jaw broken the next game. So, I mean, like, and, and a lot of other key players were hurt as well. So you're like, you know, injuries play a key part in who wins the cup every year. And so there's a huge element of luck involved. And some years you're on the healthiest team. So if you're just a good, solid third line player and you win three cups, like maybe those three years you were playing on a very good team and your team got the luckiest those three years, you know, and it's sometimes it's a team like Tampa where it's like they didn't even have Stamkos and it just didn't matter because they finally did what they should have done the year before. But most years, I would say there's a, there's a solid element of luck and who gets injured and who doesn't get injured as to who goes to the cup. So, um, you know, if we're going to base it just on this guy has multiple cups, therefore, like, no, he was on a good team and, you know, they, they were the least hurt or, yeah, they were completely dominant. He's the reason they won the cup, you know, like, so I don't know. I feel like it's a, I think, I feel like it's a bad precedent to set for the, for the hall. And I feel like that's the, the way they're trending. So we'll probably in future have many more reasons to be angry. So, I mean, that's good for the podcast, but I don't think it's good for the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I generally agree with most of what you said. Um, I, I do. The other thing that drives me crazy about this that I, I know I say every time we talk about these guys is the inconsistency, you know, it's like, I don't know. Like you said, Bill, they they are not transparent. They never tell us how they voted. They never tell us who voted for who. I don't know why Dick Duff's case is supposedly better than Claude Prevost. I have no idea. I mean, yeah. I mean, aside from he has better playoff stats, okay. But like Claude Prevost has more cups. I think you're right. I think Dick Duff doing it in two different markets is maybe the argument. But like. You know, Claude Prevost scored 33 goals once. Dick Duff never scored 33 goals. You know, like, it's it's just, it's bizarre. And, like, that's one of the things that makes me crazy is, like, I, I 
care about precedents and because i think precedents are important because you know without them you're sort of just like picking randomly and it's mm-hmm. weird first of all i think i understand your argument that dick duff is just a nostalgia thing and we don't have to worry about it but i think it is a precedent i think bill can look at it you know there's a we didn't pick him to talk about but there's a there's a group of people out there who think ralph backstrom should be in the hall of fame and like presumably um I was probably first exposed to that argument on sports radio once Dick Duff got inducted because people were like, hey, if Dick Duff's in, yeah. Ralph Backstrom actually led the Habs in points one year or something or something. I don't remember what it was, but it's like, but we don't need to induct everybody who was on these teams from the from the 60s. Like, it's we don't have to, you know, yeah. there's no reason to. Um, and it's it's weird to me that it's it's weird when it happened and it's weird that it did happen and i think your theory that maybe somebody he knew, somebody knew him or something like that might have something to do with it because when you just look at especially you look at how similar these two guys careers were mm-hmm. um and that like in terms of individual accomplishments provo regular season not playoff regular season has like double roughly speaking, <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's like, you're like, what, like why? And he has, and he has 50% more cups too. Um, yeah. you know, and, and you could argue I wasn't there. I was, I was not, my parents didn't know each other when these guys retired, <laughs> but like you could argue that when he, when he put up these, these, uh, lower points in the playoffs that Claude Prevost, who seems to have been a reliable defensive player was just sacrificing his offense for the sake of his team. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't well, watch, no, but yeah. he might've been, I could see someone making that case. And I just think like inducting Duff is a stupid thing to do because it, it lets people make the argument that someone like Prevost should be in the hall. Um, I don't, I don't think it lets people make the argument that Cullen should be, but it definitely opens it up for Provo and, and for inevitably for Williams, whenever we get to him. Yeah. Yeah, So he does have a constant. It's it's a difficult thing and it's, you know, I, I'd really like to know why they put him in now, if they were transparent and said, you know, he, he was a key cog in this many cups and blah, 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 blah. And there's this other reason, like, you know, it's I, I can't see the overwhelming reason to put him in now, but like maybe you know when when did uh, when did he pass away, or is he still alive? <laughs> well, he's he, I'm pretty sure he's dead. Uh, I don't actually know when he passed away. That's a really good question because that might have something to do with it, right? Yeah. Um. Oh my God, he is still alive. There you go. So maybe that's why. Yeah. Maybe they were just like, you know what, this guy, you know, he's still around and he's like sort of the last remaining guy of those, the last Leafs team to win the cup. <laughs> not, no, he wasn't. Not he, was, he, was, he wasn't on the 67 Leafs, but no, he wasn't. No. You know, one of maybe he's one of the last Leafs alive who won the cup. And they're just like, we need to put this guy in so we can, you know, it'll be it'll be a big deal in Toronto. And then, you know, the COVID hit. So it's going to have to wait a while. Um, yeah. I'm sure you heard the announcement too. They're not doing the. They're not doing a class this year. They're just going to extend to next year. So the class of 2020 goes in in 2021, and uh, there will be no class of 2021. So we'll have less to yell about. I didn't hear that announcement. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah because they they basically figured otherwise we're jamming two classes together and we don't give yeah. that class their uh, their opportunity their their day in the sun. I'm like, 
is this because of Kevin Lowe? Is this because we were going <laughs> to bury Kevin Lowe? And, People oh. were just going to protest. They're going to show up with signs and be like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, here, here's a here's a great question. It's a bit of a tangent, but what would your protest sign be if if the two of us went to go protest his induction? Uh, oh God, I'd have to work on that. It would have to be some kind of play on his name, like you're setting oh. a low bar or something like that. I was gonna go with how low can you go? <laughs> <laughs> we should work on these in that. Yes, we should. We should workshop them. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think. It's safe to say that the verdict for all three of these guys is they shouldn't be in, right? Like that's what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, one of them is wonderful, and like it's incredible that they won so many cups. But like that's that's a nice like you know nobody can ever take that away from you. You're a Stanley Cup champion, but you you know you're not Sidney Crosby Stanley Cup champion where you pretty much caused the thing to happen. You know, like it's yeah, yeah. It's 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 just. Like inducting inducting guys who are like, you know, occasionally a top three play, you know, a, a first liner on a cup team, but most of the time we're not. Yeah. You know, like yeah, they won like six or nine cups, but mostly they were like a a middle six guy. Yeah. Like, what are we What are we doing? You know, as you well, said at one if, point, if, you if said you like that, if we induct if... all the third liners in the league, the hall's going to be <laughs> gigantic. Well, yeah. And and this like like to your point earlier where you're you're a little bit worried, but if Diff yeah sorry if Dick Duff is in, how is Claude Lemieux not going in one day? Like I know everybody still hates his face from that you know his multiple dirty hits and stuff that he yeah. did. He's got cups. He was a key cog on all those, and his playoffs that's through the bloody roof. Like he's got to yeah. go in almost right. Yeah. So like you're opening yeah. up a, a potential Pandora's box there. Yeah, I'm I'm amazed actually. Because, like, it's weird Dick Duff got inducted when they were inducting, like, two people a year for a stretch for who knows why. I don't know why they were doing that. But, like, there were – it's not like there weren't candidates. It's just they decided there weren't. Uh, you know, because I'm pretty sure at that point – well, 2006, I don't know if Lindros was eligible, but Burry might have been. No, they probably weren't quite eligible yet. Anyway. Um, and there, there were a couple of classes of, like, four there that came in where they're, like, these yeah. four. Next year well, they put in four, four for – they put in four normally, and then there was a stretch where they were just like, no, we're just putting in two at a time. And then, one, of course, we talked about Dino the, the yeah. when he was inducted by himself, which was really strange. But, like, like if you really feel that strongly that, like, Patrick Waugh, who was inducted the same year as Dick Duff, is the only person who should be in that year. Yeah. Or, like, don't go searching back in time for some guy. Yeah. Like, it's just, no, it's weird that they... When they did it, it's weird that they chose him. Um, there was something else I was going to say, but I mean, I probably already said. It. Anyway, I just, I just think it's like, like you said, it does, it does set up, it, it creates a precedent in theory where you can go back and you can find all these guys who scored it up half a point a game in an original six era and won some cups, you know, who like yeah. could be in. I don't know what that list is, but I bet it's a lot longer than Dick Duff and Claude Brevaux. Like I bet there's a lot more of them on it uh, who could be on it. Um, if we, if we just did some research, you know, like yeah. anyway, um, we won't, which we won't. <laughs> sorry, which we won't because we're no, not gonna we're, we're not, not gonna acknowledge these guys. No, we're no, we're no, no. Like we 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 definitely think this is silly, and 
anyway, so yeah, I, I think that's it for this episode. It was it's our first ever nobody. <laughs> I'm I pretty believe sure. it is, yeah. Oh, like, let's, well, let's actually kick somebody out of the hall who's yes. Yes, yes. Yes. Even though he's still alive and very old and. Yeah, I mean that would be very mean. That would be very. It mean. would be mean, yeah. But, and and like I'm not actually advocating i just wish it never happened <laughs> in the first place yeah, because like exactly. it, it's it's stupid just like heaven low it's, it's yep. dumb exactly all right uh i think that's all we have for this episode so um yeah we'll uh we have a we're going to be doing classes uh we talked about it i think an episode ago or two episodes ago or something like that we're going to be doing uh, annual Hall of Fame classes going forward because we sort of run out of good eligible players, as you can tell by the fact we were talking about Matt Cullen today. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so you, we will talking about the 2005 Hall of Fame class next episode. So I hope you will tune in to that one, and we will see you then. Take care.